Uh, hello and welcome back to another episode of After This. Uh, my name is Daniel. I'm Carla. And my name is Shannon. And this week it's sort of more of a mixed bag. It's not like we have a specific idea in mind with a specific thing. We're sort of going through a few different things. Uh, the first thing I wanted to go through was just sort of some news items because um, I think it might be good to occasionally weave this in so everyone knows what's sort of going on with yeah, the broader world federalist movement um, rather than just, I think, occasionally getting like an extremely long rant for about an hour. Um, <laughs> that's your fault though, Daniel. That's, that's not anyone else's. That is my fault. I started <laughs> ranting. Um, and uh, so, all right, so I'll, I'll just go through this. So the thing is, the first one is that we have a new website because the old one was kind of obtuse. I don't think we'd figured it out as well as we could have. Even then, there's probably still more work we could do to it, but honestly, it's a lot better. Mm -hmm. uh, the, so it's www.ywf.world. Um, you can just go to ywf.world, but I find if I write that, people don't realize that it's a website address because .world is not an often uh, suffix that people yeah. use for those. So yeah. you can go there and check it out and have a look. <clears throat> um, it's got a whole bunch of things like... Uh, a resources page that links you to a whole bunch of other communities and things that we have. I'm um, looking at it one, now. It's really good. One actually called communities, which basically has our main profiles, like like our Reddit communities and our Discord and everything else that you can link through to and and find everyone. So it's it's much more about acting like a hub of yeah. information, so everyone can get around to other places. So um, that was a thing that me and Nick put together over a few days. Um, then we have the new video available for everyone. So the thing is, I made a video uh, not that long ago because I was intending on making a video that was basically like an introduction um, to the concept for people who are starting at absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been shared on the site and with a whole bunch of other communities that we have. Um, there's a lot of other people in the World Federalist Movement that are really happy with it because um, I think what's one of the things they lack is like people making content. There's just a lot of people talking a lot of the time and mm. they love it when people make content. I don't think a lot of them have the skills to. Or, like, they're, a bit, they're a bit older generally and I don't think they have <laughs> video editing skills, but they, they know a lot about the concept. They just don't have those skills. So they love it when people get onto that. So um, that's doing well. I actually had the... Um, uh, Vivian, if you listen to this, hello. Uh, she runs the World Federalist Movement in Canada. Well, she runs the Vancouver branch, but she seems very active. And she seemed very happy that someone was alive and doing things. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was good. Um, and it's, it's, it's gone all the way around, actually. Um, we had the guy who runs the World Federalist Movement share it to everyone again. And it's, it's done really well over the course of the last week. Um, then there's... Um, an ongoing thing that we're doing to work on individuals being able to join the WFM because obviously they can join our little thing, the YWF, um, the Young World Federalists, but the broader mega movement has only ever had member, like, I don't know, we, we, member options for organizations. Mm -hmm. So if you made an organization that was all registered and World Federalisty, you could join the WFM as mm -hmm. an organization but there was no real option for an individual. An individual mm. was supposed to join the sub-organizations and it just created like a big, it's honestly, it's been kind of messy. Because um, yeah. the thing is, it's just, it's a big bureaucracy in a lot of ways and it, mm. it kind of hinders itself at the same time that it helps itself. So 
the idea is that they're putting in an individual option um, and a few of us are working on that now um, and then giving in like a report to Tawanda. So Tawanda runs the WFM. Um, he used to be the um, the chief legislator for um, Amnesty. So he's got a lot of um, experience with these kinds Ooh. of things. Um, so That's Amnesty International, yeah? Yeah, Amnesty International. Um, and so that's coming along. So hopefully sometime soonish they'll copy the rest of our newer movements and put an individual thing for the World Federalist Movement because... Um, at the moment, it's a bit obtuse in terms of how it runs and how you join it and how it, you know, it doesn't make it easy. Like mm. if a person turns up and they're passionate and they want to do something and then it's like, what do I do now? It's like, it's like giving you the hardest possible options. Mm. Like, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, you have to go through this. Draw people in. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, not, it it's not been well designed and I, I can see why they ended up the way they did, but it's more that it's just very it's, old. Especially if you have to join sub-organisations, you get a group of people that are like fairly close together, but if they all join sub-organisations, they could split off into different groups when they'd be much more effective yeah. being able to... Even Because yeah, that's the thing, like if you're, in, if you're in Norway and another guy's in Australia, another guy's in China or something, and they all have this commonality of interest, but they have to all join their respective country organisations that maybe are very active or not active at all and all that sort of stuff it's just mm. yeah we want a single thing with single branding ideally so the yeah. thing is the worldwide entity can sort of feed off itself um, and i can see why you'd want kind of local branches so that people can do yeah. you know active within the political situation of their own country and what they can actually have an effect on but yeah i think especially with something like this you need to you need to make it easy for people to come together yeah, the a idea lot of is things competing for their attention. The idea is we really just want to have local chapters in each country and city that sort of share a common branding. Because mm. at the moment, obviously, you've got the World Citizens Association of Australia, which is based in Sydney, mm-hmm. uh, and then you've got World Federalism Canada, which is the Canadian one. But the thing is, they have two different websites that look completely different with completely different branding. It's mm. just that they both have the term World Federalism somewhere on the site. So the thing is, they all have different names and they all have different websites. And it's like, it's it's just, there's none of that kind of marketing synergy going on that would really help something that's so obscure. Mm. Um, anyway, it's a lot of, it's we're working on all of this now. We've got a very receptive leadership at WFM now. So hopefully we'll actually be able to um, make a lot of things different. Um, so then the last point is the update on the YWF communities. So it's basically just to update that the, I think the Reddit got to 2,500 people now. Cool. Um, and I think the discord has something like 80 or 90 people or maybe even a hundred now. I think we have about 50 or 60 official members of the YWF. So this all started in November. That's so it's, um, good traction really. Yeah, no, I, we're pretty happy with it, actually. It's yeah. it's nice because unlike when I used to do the um, the URH, the um, the United Republic of Humankind, that was basically just me on a hamster wheel and everyone else sort of just like, as long as I was running, everyone else was there. And as soon as I stopped running, everyone else just sort of drifted. Yeah. Whereas this, it's like an actual team of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can flake off and be sick and get tired and everything else and people keep doing things which is fantastic um 
So yeah, no, I just thought I'd show that update to show where things were, that the people who are listening <laughs> to this and that you guys know that stuff is actually happening. It's happening pretty constantly, actually. I, every weekend I have like one or two calls I have to jump onto. Um, it's always wacky times because it's like you've got people in <laughs> London, Vancouver, and New York, and Florida, and Norway, and it's just it's 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 all over the place. And one yeah. of us always gets screwed on time zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so much you can do about that. Speaking of local, um, is there anything the um, Melbourne chapter can be looking forward to soon? Are there any events or any direction? The good thing is we actually have. Um, I think we have a guy in Tasmania. We have a couple of people who have said they're in Melbourne that have turned up on the Discord. And obviously, we've got people here. So the thing is, we might actually start to have enough people where we could do things. Because the thing is, it was always planned that we'd have physical events of some kind. And the thing is, we might actually be getting close enough to the point where we can start doing things like that. Once we're allowed um, to have physical events again. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> nothing's yeah. going to ends, but we're actually, But we're actually getting closer to that, and we might go back to doing the sticker idea that we had, which is basically where we were running around and we are going to put stickers around the city. Um, you can actually see it on the page. If you go to the About page, you can see all the stickers that have been put up before the lockdown kicked yeah. in. Um, I like them. It's this big mosaic of like from Iceland. There's some from Serbia, I think London here, Dallas, and there's some other ones that I'm not remembering immediately. But yeah, there's a bunch of things we could do, and I'd love to jump onto that. It's more just about making sure we have enough people um, that we Look, can. Look, mate, if you can get stickers, I've got people. <laughs> oh, I have them in the bag behind me. Stickers <laughs> do a lot. Like there's the um. Uh, Extinction Rebellion, they've kind of come up mm. through only stickers as their main means mm. of communication. I've never looked into them at all, but I know that they exist because there's a lot of stickers. Yeah, like, <laughs> like... <laughs> stickers and posters, I think, um, if you can just whack them up everywhere, you could mm. probably get quite a bit of attention for pretty low cost. Yeah, and it um... creates this, like, vibe of being a, a like, grassroots underground cool thing mm. uh, yeah. that you know young and hip people will be into <laughs> but i think you gotta use the right terminology here stick-ups you go around sticking up everywhere oh. um yeah it's i think it's like one of those good things that it's it's always the same quality so you don't have to worry about the variation of it and it's a lot easier to remove than it is like graffiti as well so yeah but yeah, yeah, get some get some tactical locations and some good spots, and I reckon it's all about the placement of the sticker as well. Oh, like. definitely. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely. You get it at you get it roughly at um just below eye height because everyone inherently looks downward slightly when they walk. <sighs> yeah, um, um, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely try and do something because we have enough people in Melbourne that we could technically do things. Because um, you keep seeing people appear and they say they're in Melbourne and they all assume they're going to be in the middle of nowhere, but then they find out there's probably more people in Melbourne than yeah. anywhere else in the world. Like <laughs> in, con in a concentration, I mean. Like we've got people in countries in larger concentrations, but not yeah. in one city. Um, Alright, so I mean, that's basically the end of the updates for what we were doing. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll go on to a question 
that I was going to ask you guys, and then I'll do something after the question. Um, so basically, the question that I was going to ask you guys was that if you were given, but you were given mastery over a group of ten people who were all super eager and happy to help, but they're spread all across the globe, so you didn't have them all in the same place. Mm-hmm. How would you go about spreading the idea of a federalized human republic? Like, what would your strategy be? Um, because I'd be interested to hear things because I have no idea what I haven't heard and I might hear something amazing that I'm like, <laughs> we should incorporate, that could work with this, could work with that kind of thing. So, um, I, I'm all for it. So, um, I'm going to pick on Carla right. <laughs> and throw you under the bus first. That, that's but, fine. I have that's because that's of the disgruntled look on my face, isn't it, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just had to assume that Carla's prepared more. I'm going to go first if I take the obvious answers. So, first of all, I would reckon targeting unis, university students. Yep. Okay. Um, so having those people go into unis um, and start like university clubs because um, we know, um, what was it, Socialist Alliance, is that what they're called? And Melbourne Uni? Socialist Alternative. I think. Alternative, that's the one, Socialist Alternative. Um, they are very, very visible and I think primarily because they target uni and a lot of people, you know, they're not exactly the most popular group. They've got their issues. Um, but they do their targeting well, I think. So yes. that's that's well, one. They thing. know who's going to go for them. Yeah, uni students. That's a really good idea. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because they're uh-huh. you know they're young. They're usually pretty energetic and interested in changing the world. Um, and not getting paid much. And not getting paid much. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's very. So, yeah. So I'd say infiltrate the universities. And the other thing is, I reckon we need to get a celebrity endorsement. Oh, yeah. Mm. So we've got the whole six degrees of separation idea. So the idea that everyone is within six degrees of separation to everybody else. So like a friend no, of Kevin Bacon. Else. Let's be real. Kevin Bacon situation. Yes. <laughs> a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. You can get to everyone that way. So I would have the people who aren't infiltrating the unis, they need to go into um, like the arts, right? And make all these tactical friendships <laughs> and go from like local artists and then you get the slightly more successful artists and then you kind of get to the indie films and then from there you get to the big Hollywood films and then we get our celebrity endorsement. Ah, so we're talking, we're talking long game here. Long t- I'm talking long game. This could take a couple of years. Uh, <laughs> or decades. I mean, if, our, if our random 10 people, one of them includes a celebrity, then we're solid. Um, but yeah, so I'd send them to LA. Yeah, yep. and if we maybe nine out of ten get chewed up and annihilated mentally by Hollywood, <laughs> and one gets there. <laughs> but, they have, but they're not, you know, they're 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 like sleeper agents, I suppose. They're not be <laughs> yeah. If their art is failing, because they're not really there for the art, they're That's there true. for the connections. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. That's true. So I think the ideal celebrity. I haven't got any individual. We've actually yet. we've actually tried to reach out to a whole bunch of people, but we've never really figured out a good way to because obviously mm-hmm. you know they probably get a bajillion messages and emails and stuff like that oh, that yeah. are nothing. That's why so it's so, it's definitely something we'd like to do, but if we can find a way to, absolutely, like infiltrating what's a, Hollywood. What celebrity do you think? So we need someone who's not known for being stupid. We need mm. 
So, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow is out of the mix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that show was so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, someone who's not known for being stupid, someone who's kind of respected, uh, but also who has, who sees themselves as a bit of a humanitarian, I think. I think uh, one, one person we actually were trying to, trying to get in touch with was Russell Brand. Because he oh, figured that yes. he figured he'd respond or or something, but he hasn't. Okay. So the thing is, we don't know if we just haven't uh, found the right way to contact him. Okay, but it's well, the same with a lot of them. Uh, try try Wim Hof. Get Wim get Hoff. Wim Hof. Yeah, Wim get the Hoffman. He's the Ice Man. He climbed Everest in his shorts and um in shoes, nothing else. Oof. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, that was that, <laughs> that was just... that dude that was on the Gwyneth Paltrow show. Ah! <laughs> oh, okay, well, I'm calling a cut on that one then. We can't. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not do it. This guy, this guy has like broken medical science and like. I, I saw, I, I saw, I saw him. I, I'm severely skeptical of the guy. Honestly, I think he makes a lot of stuff up. Like, I think he's done a lot of hardcore stuff, but honestly, he talks a lot of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm pretty skeptical of his actual achievements. Okay. <clears throat> There you go. Because climbing, climbing Everest in your shorts, like I think you'd be uh, dead. <laughs> well, they've, they've, um, they've done an experiment on him where they uh, was able to change his um, uh, kidney temperature through his own breath alone while he was in ice water. Look, it, it's 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 probably I mean it's probably possible, but I think the thing is the kind of effect he's going to have is going to be small. It's not yeah. like he can go from being cold to hot, like completely. Like, I'm freezing, and now, yee, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, yeah, I just, I just, I just, more mainstream. I just know that he's, he's likely to respond, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good point. He might answer. Because we've got a guy, we've got a guy um, in Norway um, named Ulla, who is basically been trying to message all these different people. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, the more we can figure out a way to get that, because that would be really helpful, even just to get it, get some awareness on it. I mean, it's like I keep saying to everyone, if the flat earth people can do it, <laughs> to, get, to get celebrities, it's like, how could we not? Like, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's the problem, though. I think it's like, it's you can you can get people to do things that don't make sense, that are just purely emotional and, like, you know, targeting some... Some things that are deep down issues from their childhood or something like that. But um, when it comes to actually humanitarian things, it's just like people yeah. are like, yeah, it works in theory. It's like it's like, <laughs> like it's just like that instant cut off of people wanting to actually be having the responsibility of doing all the work. Yeah, that's true. They're, rather than just making weird claims. Yeah, that everyone can just agree with, and then go on a march every now and then, you know. Like, <laughs> Oh, flat Earth, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> maybe, if the, maybe if the flat Earth people keep marching, it will become a flat Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carla, do you have another one? Uh, I was going to say, uh, just bouncing off the flat Earther thing, we probably want to, because it crossed my mind that maybe we want to get like a Netflix doco, but I think we really want to avoid that because they do tend to focus on the like, the ridiculous and the the making fun of things like the mm. so I reckon oh, I we think, stay I away from the, Netflix docos. I think the thing with the Netflix docos is it's more about people pitch them an idea, and the thing is that idea would have been pitched as an analysis of the flat Earth weirdos. Yeah. So the thing is, 
if you were going to do anything with them, you'd pitch it as like, you know, not that. <laughs> um, and the thing is, it all comes down to how compelling a case you can make. I think actually a lot of people probably be sympathetic over at places like that. But the thing mm. is, it's more about being able to get enough attention and pitch it the right way and everything. But, you know, honestly, it could be a good idea to think about. Um, it just comes down to how you pitch it to them. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was my ideas. All right. But that's actually quite helpful because the thing is, the big thing is we wanted to get videos and like video content and things that people can just mm. go and watch and absorb and digest so the idea makes sense. Because obviously and at I the moment, no one knows what it is. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and I think quality is important. And just looking at the new WF.world website, it looks really good. It looks really professional. Um, and I think that'll go a long way. Yeah, no, I we were really, really happy with it. Mostly we just stuck to like a template, but we mm. obviously fiddled with it wherever we had to. One of the big things I wanted and we put on was on the very front page in the big text, instead of just the slogan, it actually literally just says what we are. Because mm. um, I think it's really important that something that's so unusual, you need to be extraordinarily direct, even if yeah. it loses some of the panache <laughs> of, um, of the design is to basically just say, I don't want you misunderstanding this, because the big problem we have is we use slogan-type text, and mm. the problem is that for a lot of organizations, that might be fine, but for us, we're so easily put into the box of a, you know, a, I don't know, a pointless NGO or something that's just mm. talking big talk about, you know, helping all of humanity and stuff, but it's like, they're not real. like, they, they, they're helping, but they're using much more grandiose text than they should. It reminds <laughs> me of that, it reminds me of that thing, um, did you see the, the Friendly Geordies thing where he was making fun of MasterChef? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> he has the episode of MasterChef where they're using, like, Lord of the Rings soundtrack for people cooking food. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't yes. you think that this music is way too dramatic for people making sausage or something? <laughs> it's like, it's what I think about with the NGOs. It's like they use these big things like uniting humanity and, like, and freeing people and all this sort of stuff and it's like what they're doing is like they're doing a charity act which is helpful but they're giving people some food or something like it's like or they're giving them some clothes or something like it's helpful but Very using helpful. that kind of text it's just so overblown mm -hmm. so we really quickly look like that if we do the same thing um and yeah. so i i keep insisting to everyone we have to write really literally <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly I think that's exactly right. what we are everywhere we can. That's why I made. That's why I got them to make the stickers that um, that say 195 countries, one federation. This is like mm. I needed to, in really simple terms, illustrate that we're not just an NGO talking about nothing. Mm. Um, yeah, Shannon, do you have any astute ideas or observations? If you had ten people that would like be your underlings and be willing to do whatever you want them to, to um, assist this cause. Uh, what would you order them to do? Um, yeah, well, I guess I, the, I guess the sort of approach that I would go for is, um, I'd get like, um, a way that like, it'd be like a teaching sort of practice. I'd get these 10 guys to go around the world and, um, sort of, because you need you need people with time. Like I feel like the the university option's good, but you've already got a lot of people there taking up their own time. Whereas if you go to more lifestyle festivals, you got people with more time than they know what to do with. 
What's so a lifestyle festival? It's anything that's like music, but you have like cooking ones and you can have just, you know, just festivals that are themed that can go out there and I'll have them set up like workshops out there. I'll have them connect with like, because um, generally like in Australia, it's um, a lot of these festivals are to do with like indigenous like land. So mm-hmm. like they get, they, they have the thing goes on indigenous land and to do with the small communities there. So I would get them to go to a lot of these bigger festival places and build up in that small community and let themselves be known. That would so set up people, like... Are people able to go to these festivals and sort of hold, you know, talks or something? Yeah, like, exactly, you know exactly. Workshops, they can hold workshops, they can host a space. So, like, you know... It, because obviously it's just a, a small organisation of people that throw these festivals that have an idea of what theme they want to do and then mm. they bring the theme through art and talks, mm. people of expression, and then, you know, they do opening ceremonies where they get, like, the Indigenous um, owners of the land to throw their little opening and on welcoming of the land routine. And there's just certain points in all these, like, communities where there's just, like, some milestone moments where everyone sort of, like, has these real I'm human, I'm a part of this earth sort of, like, moments. Mm. And then so I sort of try and um, have those focal points where you can get these ten ten disciples of the greater good to um, teach people practices that they can do every single day that they can practice themselves, whether it be, like, little breathing meditation routines and have like you know that positive intention sort of trying to make the world a better place as well as um yeah just 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 small sort of teachings and then be able to implement more gatherings in these sort of themes in the future like I feel like there's a lot of festivals that just keep happening every year but nothing really happens whereas Mm this sort of movement could slowly start introducing things coming together and actually building continuous growth from that point on. Mm-hmm. And so I'll try and, I'll try and my, my strategy would be to, yeah, try and create an actual culture that you can see, you can hear, you can, you know, you can taste. It's these foods, it's this lifestyle, it's this feeling, it's this energy, and I'll try and build that around this movement and then just try and keep recreating that and just go by the saying, if you build it, they will come. Mm. And then if we can, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the strategy. So it's, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're making a, a federalist culture. Yeah. I'm like, t- with uh, kind of like ideals and ethics and stuff. And you're kind of teaching them to people as like a kind yeah. of template and still explaining, I guess you're still explaining the idea of, well, federalism itself, but you're explaining it in context of this, like, culture and way you should be? Is that sort of what you're saying? Well, it's almost like we, it's like we have this, um, yeah, because obviously this, this movement, like the World Federalist Movement has, um, it's going to be different everywhere in the world because you have to yeah. respect local culture and how people are. So I guess it's about tapping into what already people are doing and what people are already celebrating about. And, you know, I feel like a lot of these parties and festivals, lifestyle things are for people to go learn and take something away from the experience and then keep going on with things. But 
I feel like there's just a big opportunity for a movement like this to actually go come to these things and we can continually build. And then like next time you come, there'll be more things here. And that's just sort of like a, a ground up way approach. And if you've got, I just think it'll be a good, good to work with as far as, um, cause if you go to these places, like I've been to like Burning Man festival, um, in America and in a, in like a space of a cup, a few months, people literally build a city, a fully functioning city with like a mail system, an airstrip, roads, da 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 da. Within within a cup, like within a few months, just for one week, to rip it down again, leave no trace in the bloody desert. There's literally the whole place is combed. Yeah. If people are prepared to do that for like, you know, it's yeah. Can, so know, I, so I, know, I, I think I think it's an awesome idea actually to go and tap into these festivals because I think actually there's probably a lot of unspent energy just flying mm. around. The thing is, yeah, yeah, how, I just, I, I, I'm just curious, like, because uh, from the way you described it, I just want to know what your link would be to link what they're doing and the energy and who you're talking to, yeah, like, to the concept of world federalism specifically of like of look, the broad governmental movement. Look, I'm under the bus here, Daniel. I thought about the concept of this like 20 seconds, 20 minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know, I think, I, think I, have, I, have, I definitely have the ideas. I definitely have the yes, teaching this, like you know, you do holistic breath worky sort of stuff. Like I feel like, but I just don't have the whole, um, you know, I, I just don't have the um, the everyday sort of um, things that we can be doing towards. Um, yeah, this yeah. sort of a thing yet but once I do have a better like grip towards it then yeah, yeah. but um, I'll definitely have a much better answer in the next um, I think because so, like, you're on something though because I think honestly like you say like I think there's a lot of people that probably do have quite a bit of time and energy and are looking kind of for something new um, that maybe hasn't been solving the problem so far and I think it's places, uh, and honestly, again, I'm linking it back to this. It's places like that that Flat Earth probably took off. <laughs> like places where people aren't really sure what else is going on and they want something new and they don't like what's there at the moment. And it's, you know, as much as that doesn't make sense, that one probably took off in places like that originally and obviously it became more. So I think you go to places like that and you could probably spread this idea with a bit more... Um, a bit more ease like people would probably be very open to the idea of like a, a pan-human movement mm. in a place like that um because obviously they're probably generally the kind of people who are going to be much more um wanting to find some kind of ethic or something that doesn't discriminate um so you're probably onto something actually yeah. i haven't really thought about festivals because i don't really go to them so i'm just not aware of them yeah, well, you, you obviously there's obviously some that are better than others and whatnot. So <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you can see you can see the thing is me and Carla both like obviously have similar experiences of like uni and then you know being in corporate environments or whatever. Yeah. And the thing is like you have a totally different experience, but there's so many people that are on your side that we don't even know exist. And the problem yeah. is that's that's why it's important that we talk about this stuff because you just know about all these places and societies that we've never heard of. Or we don't, we don't, we've heard of them, but we don't go to them and we don't engage with them. 
Look, I'm prepared to slap myself in rainbow and put a unicorn horn on my head and run around, mate. This is what this is the place where you end up. I I actually think you're probably onto something. Um, yeah. With those places, I think it could actually be really something to that. Yeah, it's just like I know a few of my friends just like from going to these places, just like met each other and whatnot. Then they're like, oh, wait, wait, let's make music together, and then. They just started de- learning how to DJ, and now they're like build all their own sets. They build everything. They hire trucks and people like festivals. Like give them an allowance to come and set up there and do these things. So, and that's just them following their passion, and they they obviously try and um, have that same ethos. Every the, the world needs to be a better place. Let's like party, come together, and celebrate, and remind ourselves. Da 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 da. But it's almost yeah. I just I just see it's like it shouldn't end there. Like this could definitely like you know mm. the two things could definitely blend together. Yeah, I think the um, the community events and festivals and stuff like that. I think uh, very much something that we should pay more attention to because honestly, we haven't really paid any attention to them. Mm. And I think there's so much unspent i don't know what i want to focus on sort of energy at these places mm. often because people aren't you know they, they, they're getting away a lot of the time to do something else um yeah at the end of the day like we're probably gonna end up with another similar situation where it's like some of these people want to hear about more that they can release spiritual enlightenment from smoke being blown up their bum than actually they can be a part of they want that distant fucking band-aid fix but like <laughs> as long as you can just put it in their heads so that they even they don't think about it but they familiarize with the, the, ter- the term so then when they go googling or they see it somewhere they're like oh i know what that is that's really my thing because honestly it's like i was saying to people the big problem that you have is that you start explaining it and it's like uh you know the first thing you hit is you, you say what the term is and no one knows what it is. And obviously mm. the entire rest of the conversation is kind of void. So you, cause yeah. then you have to go and explain the term. Like it's not even about bad or good. It's just what the hell are you talking about? And usually if you hit what the hell are you talking about? People have already kind of disengaged cause they don't want to mm. learn. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, like I think that's what we're trying to focus on first. And obviously that could be a good way to do that. Um, just one, one more thing. How I sort of came oh. came across this, Daniel, was um, you know, that good old episode we did a few few months ago now um, on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm. Yeah. Well, like you, you've got Maslow's hierarchy of needs for oneself, and at the top you have like self actualization. Mm. But then you've got the flip side of that, which is like I see, I guess greater than self actualizing is to help other people self actualize. Mm. <laughs> So if you're talking about other people self-actualizing, which is almost like what we want to be doing in this situation is like helping people reach that point where they can go, oh, like, duh, we need to make this world a better place. Mm. There should be a different pyramid for that. Mm. So you have your own like set of needs and whatnot. But if you're helping someone else, there's like a different um, application of needs to apply to someone's situation. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. talking about like, someone other than yourself would have a different pyramid or in the process of... Everyone's got their own pyramid. Like, you've got your own pyramid. Yeah. But then, like... But from my perspective onto you is a separate pyramid, if Mm. you know what I mean. Like, if if you're looking at yourself, you know, I need food, I need da-da-da-da, I need these certain things. But if I'm looking at you, I'm like, 
all right, are you healthy? Can I can I make sure? Can I give you medicine? Can I, I you know, uh, do you need something to talk about? You almost need to like get these things to a point where someone's relaxed, and then they can start thinking about the world and other things. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I guess I'm saying that is um because I've made a decision to study nursing, and the main reason why I've decided to study nursing is because that's like the root core of helping someone else. Yeah. If you can nurse someone into health, then like, you know, getting them into health is the first step to um, having them ha- having them have the freedom of thought and mm. and freedom is when you're sick. So it's like yeah. helping people to cover those lower, more fundamental needs then opens them up to yeah. addressing the, the next layer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so like you can shoot them up to level three. You know, without them having to do all the labor, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like helping people, so I figure if I yeah. start with nursing, I might not end up being a nurse. But if I start with nursing, at least it's starting at the the bottom. If I can learn to nurse someone back into health, I and I guess that's great nurse. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think that's yeah. I think I think, I think being idea. able to being able to help people um, get up to those points is a really good thing and mm. it would be very helpful um yeah. that's, that's that's my direction that's that's i'm answered now now move on daniel oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the public aggression. um so i don't know have you guys both seen I, I don't know if i should end with this because it's like the last segment i want to do but have you guys both seen um the pale blue dot haven't actually. It's only it's only like three minutes. But I was thinking, what I do is is link it to you guys now. You could both watch it. I'll just edit it into the podcast, and then yep. um, we could just talk about it at the end. But it's a yeah. thing by Carl Sagan. So could you? I don't know, I'll, I'll oh yeah, yeah. I think I've heard like an auto tune dub of this. Uh, <laughs> this is maybe the. The normal version, then. <laughs> all of this. Can you see? Can you see the? Can you see the chat window? Uh, we'll just watch the thing, and then we'll come back at the end. All right, three, two, one. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of. Every human being who ever was lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot.
Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. You guys done? Oh, I got some other guy talking now. Yeah? <laughs> Man, I love Carl Sagan. Yeah, I'd love I'd love a tattoo of Carl Sagan, like, and a speech bubble coming out of him saying vastness. Vastness. Vast. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> I'm trying to find the I'm trying to find the original picture. Hold on. Uh, this is the original one, so I'll show you. I can't, unfortunately, I can't paste a picture into a podcast, but if you go <laughs> looking for Pale Blue Dot, you'll find the picture, which was what a lot of this was based on. Um, is a guy, is a guy, a lot of you will have heard of him, named Carl Sagan, who was one of the people involved with the um, Voyager probe. Um, he was a big astronomer. He made the first Cosmos show um, back in the 80s and 90s or something. Um, but that picture, you can see the little blue dot in the line. That's, mm. that's basically as, um, cause they told him this is the furthest we'll be able to be and still see earth. And so they said, turn yeah. the probe around before we lose it then and take a picture. Um, and it was like perfectly crested in this like sunbeam. Mm. And that's why he said point of light reflected in a sunbeam, floating in a sunbeam. And, um, so I, I encourage everyone listening to just Google the term pale blue dot and you'll see the picture for yourself. But it's just, I just love this whole, I just love the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's just, it, it captures this uh, small fragility. Whereas mm. I think, and I keep, I keep complaining. It's a funny thing to complain about, but I complain about how, like, um, how we can't see through our sky. Like it's just mm. blue all the time. And we end up with like this blue shield over our consciousness where it's like, ah, oh, there's nothing there, it's just blue. 
all right, what's in, front of, what's in front of me? You know, like, so we, we look forward all the time. We don't really look up. And then all of a sudden it's nighttime. We have lots of D&Ms at parties. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, I just wanted to share that because I thought I, I just love that speech. I, I've heard it. He, I think the original version obviously didn't have any music or anything. They added more to it. Like, that was, like, from 2015. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to share it and have everyone hear it because it's very cool. Um, all right. So if that's everything, then we'll we'll talk again next week, and um, we will say adieu. So Can we have I'm, a Carl Sagan special episode one day. We, we just I, nice I am Carl Sagan comments. There's actually, I think there was another Carl Sagan one which was really good. Um, is this one and another one, and I'm forgetting what the other one is. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, I'll figure it out. Um, yeah. Go what? There's also a video called Wanderers, which I it's only three minutes, and it's it's like a CG thing someone made for a Carl Sagan speech called Wanderers, mm-hmm. uh, and I definitely encourage you both to go look at it. Um, anyway, that is everything. So I've been Daniel. I've been Carla. And I'm still Shannon. And goodbye. Thanks, (laughs) Thanks, everybody.